0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground. With new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to protect him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon Five, with all new episodes.
2: And so Begin. There is a hole in your body. What do you want? There's no one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Anyway. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why
3: don't you eliminate the entire non-homo?
1: I reaching out of the stomach. You are.
2: President Clark has signed a decree today, declaring martial law. These orders have
1: forced us to declare independence. I saw people get off their encounter-suited yeah. butts and do something. You are the one who we'll we will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Of Giants in the playground. Well, get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very,
4: very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibald. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. You haven't written, call. Shut up.
3: Man. Obviously, haven't improved your manners.
5: And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 14, Meditations on the Abyss. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, are we are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. 3. And the synopsis. The near Go undergoes ranger training aboard one of the White Star vessels, while secretly on a mission for Dylan and the while secretly on a mission for Delenn and the Alliance. Meanwhile, the drowsy bug Londo's quarters, quarters and face the wrath of Veer. Written by JMS and directed by Mike Vijar, this episode was released on May the 27th, 1998 and takes place from July 13th to July 15th, 2262. Guest stars Ron Campbell as the Drazi ambassador. It's one of my favorite characters. I think I'm getting to like this guy. Uh, Martin East as Findel. Uh, Richard, oh, I practiced this last night. Oh, let's go with that. Yeah, Richard Yenegas as Mont- Montoya. Perhaps his name. His first name is Indigo. Montoya. Just a thought. Carl Chiafialo as Drazi Vender. Vince Dedrick Jr. as Tough Guy and Mark Hendrickson as non-Acolyte. Uncredited are Bill Blair as Alien and Haley McLean as The Computer. So, Sean, what did we think of this episode? Um, it's another one of those what-the-heck-is-going-on episodes. Oh, yeah,
3: there's been some attacks. Uh, I guess we better remind the audience about that because reasons. Uh, and then we're following Veer, or Veer I guess, and, and Lanier. We haven't seen Lanier in forever. We've almost forgotten about him. Remember, he's in the opening credits, so we better put him in there. Uh, it's, uh I don't care. It, it's one of those. The, the only, the, the best part, the best, the best scene in the entire thing was, uh, drunk again, Uncle Mike, want some pizza? <laughs> and that was at the very end. So we had to get through this entire slog of an episode. It was, it was fine. Like, it wasn't horrible. We didn't have anything to do with telepaths, so there was that at least, but, uh. Got to seize your car and his new red eye. That was cool.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he finally stretched the budget to another red uh, contact mm-hmm. lens. Yeah.
3: yeah, like, but where where's the excitement? Like, why do we care?
4: Yes, true. Dan? I'm
3: running out of
5: steam.
4: Show me the way to go home. <laughs> I'm tired and I wanna go to bed. No, seriously, can we just end the episode here? That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about this one. No, it, yeah, it's just yeah. As Sean was saying, I don't. It's losing its steam. I don't know why Babylon Five did this. It, it, we're in the fifth season. We're still trying to figure out who exactly is attacking the shipping, and you know, I'm guessing it's the Drac and it's like the, the the former allies of the Shadows and stuff, which just means that the the Shadows were so. Incompetent compared to whoever these people Are who are attacking the shipping And I don't know it just kind of Destroys everything that's been set up For the last four seasons like if these Menacing shadows these uh, Eons long enemy of the Vorlons Couldn't figure out how to secretly Attack all the shipping and yet These guys who are you know the Worst of the worst minions Of the shadows have managed to figure it out And completely stay hidden for the last What is it 13 episodes um, yeah, like, why did we care about the last four seasons? And now in this episode, we don't care about anything. Um. We've got these training and the shark who are going on exercises, again, feels like another backdoor pilot, you know, thinking maybe they could make a show out of the Maria, Um. which I kind of like that they gave a name to one of the white stars. But again, mm-hmm. yeah. So what? Um, Montoya was kind of was fun. He was a fun, nice, understanding kind of father figure captain. But I kind of wish they'd actually found a clue, something that could lead to the discovery of who's attacking the shipping. Uh, It just ended up being a training montage between Lanier and this other guy who's just secretly doubts himself and doesn't feel like he's worthy of the honour of being part of the Rangers. Yeah, I don't care. It's just it's just a bit boring that the only saving grace is that one scene with Jakar as he's talking about his philosophies and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're just not listening to him. So he says, "Uh, God's a river (laughs) and uh, he's the mouth (laughs) of the river or that's truth. I don't know. I tried to give you the proper answer, but you weren't listening. So off you go. Bye bye. Bye bye. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. And that's at least we had the Babylon 5 family in this episode so at least it saved it a little bit more than last week but yeah it's it's not a good one sean i think we've broken (laughs) (laughs) down. it appears so i want a pizza (laughs) send me a pizza with some meat and sausage
5: (laughs) across the across the cosmos if only it was a company that delivered
4: cosmic pizzas Mm.
5: somehow yeah
4: Mm. Uh, they they don't talk about it enough I don't guys no. they don't advertise themselves no. too much do they no they really don't they'll talk about any other food but they won't talk about pizza it's
5: crazy. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah this was, sure. <laughs> what sort of episode was this uh <laughs> it it had some really good parts him the shakar parts the mm-hmm. malari parts the via parts with the sword mm. um amazing uh yeah that was really really good I like that um and then it just had some I, the, the, sort of, I feel as though this was a, a first season episode, and Lanier mm. is getting his Ranger training early on or his, his Anlan Shock, um training early on. Uh, so so he can be the ambassador for Dylan or whatever. And but I don't know uh, th- this episode for me went really quick. So m- something must have been, you know I was uh, maybe I was I was quite enjoying the, the the bits, waiting for something to happen that never did. <laughs> because I thought I thought they sent him out there to look for something, and all he look did was for things to make him go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, all, <laughs> and all he did, did was—I um, can't even remember what the first step was. I'm—I'm I'm stalling it because I'm, I can't remember what the first. What was his first training thing he had to do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, the, the the second one was he saved um, the, the young lad's life, wasn't it? He, he tried to.
4: They In were playing the training a big, pod, yeah. Yeah,
5: they're playing a 3D well, game of the asteroids. One. Oh, the, the, the lack of oxygen, that was it. The lack of right. atmosphere that describes the whole episode, really. It just, it, it lacked that, you know, atmosphere. It uh, he, So he did that. He, did, he had a great big game of 3D asteroids. And then, what, didn't find the thing he was supposed to be looking out for. So, we, what, we've got another episode of this coming on? Well, the guy was going to kill himself, so he had to shoot a ship out.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I
5: get that, and that was, that's very courageous of him. And, and the, yeah. even the captain said so. You know, he was he was, you know, pleased that he had done it. You know, because that's exactly you know, what you should do. You should be looking out for each other. Um, but um, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, so that so that was a bit lost on me. It's it's it dragged it out too long. It should have this should have been interspersed with the previous episode, so we could have had some sort of break from the cycle. And then, you know, have this as the, you know, the B-plot or whatever, or, you know, linear, use the linear B-plot just to break that up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let, let's get to the review. Let's do it. It's just another sleepless night for Delenn. When suddenly a message comes through, she sneaks out of the bedroom, but accidentally wakes up John. She makes an excuse about having some papers, having to get some papers from her quarters. But actually, she ends up in a seedy bar in Down Below. She almost gets picked up by a guy but she handles the situation well by trying to snap off his finger. When he tries to attack her back he finds himself up against a ranger. It's of course Lanier, who Delenn is due to meet. They need to be discreet and the subject of the meeting is so secret that even Sheridan cannot know about it. She tells Lanier that Garibaldi has returned sorry let me just go back to that they need to be discreet so first of all start a fight in the uh, you know in one oh, of the yeah. bars and down below mm-hmm. you know that's a, a good way to keep your head down there um she tells Lanier that garibaldi has returned from a recent visit to the drowsy homeworld with some evidence that appears to show that the centauri are behind the recent attacks in the shipping lanes used by the alliance worlds she needs Lanier to patrol along the centauri border he, uh, he will be stationed on White Star 27, as one of the crew. She hasn't told the captain about his mission, only that they are to be trained in space combat in areas near the Centauri border. If he finds anything out, he must return at once. Malari has a visitor to his quarters. It's Via, with a lot of suspiciously empty boxes pretending to be full of gifts. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: That's,
5: it's one of my biggest bugbears, there's two things I hate in films. And that's one. I'm guessing something... the
3: other one is an empty cup of coffee.
5: Oh, that man. Well, give no. that man a a, <laughs> a a prize. Goodness sake, yes. When people drink from a cup that is obviously empty. Now they act. Yes. You know, they drink it, a
3: oh, gulp mm-hmm.
5: and all that. But it's quite obviously empty. Or they put it down and they go, don't get it because it's hollow. And I yeah. pick it up again to drink it from it, or the sloshing <laughs> it around in the hand as though, yeah, you know, they're, they're moving it around in the hand. And the coffee would have been everywhere by now. Right. But em- empty boxes is another one that really bugs me. Nobody can put something in it to give it a bit of weight. Exactly. But pretending <laughs> to come out with these heavy boxes. Oh, put them over here. And they all fall all over the place. Oh, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has brought some fresh food, and there is nothing, uh, because there is nothing fresh in when malaria is not there. Veer has been eating at McBari's, the new fast food place in Brown Sector. Not a McDonald's at all, is it? No, no. no. As Malari is... uh, It's got golden crossbones or something. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't Mm. remember what he called them. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Hmm. Suspiciously golden crossbones. Mm. Yeah. As Malari is about to tell Veer that he has a new job for him, they find a bug in the supplies he has brought from the drowsy. Enter clip here is 11 minutes. Malari goes on to insult the drowsy, especially the females. After that, he offers Veer a new position. He says that when he leaves to become emperor, Veer will become the new Centauri ambassador to Babylon 5. Lanier reports to Captain Montoya, and introduces him, who introduces him to Findel. Yes, let's stop there. In a, in a meeting with Sheridan, Delenn, sorry, in the meeting with Sheridan, Delenn, and the Drazi ambassador, Jacquard tells them he has finally found out that his new prosthetic eye is ready and waiting for him.
0: Mr. President, last night... Our main shipping lines were attacked again by unknown forces, at least unknown to us. We have reason to believe that you know who is behind these attacks.
1: We are still in the process of conducting our investigation. Now, we have had several positive leads, but we can't release any information
5: until we have some conclusive answers. The Drazi seem to have a lot of inside
0: information. But I do wonder if these leads pointed to someone close to you, an ally. Perhaps someone in the advisory board for the Alliance. A major race whose strength you need to keep this Alliance together. Uh, Let's say, the Centauri. I wonder if you would be in a hurry to expose them.
5: I appreciate your uh, candor, Mr. Just then, Londo appears, and all but accuses the drowsy of planting a bugging device in his room. But if we had absolute proof as to which race is behind these attacks, we would
1: release it, no matter where the trail led.
2: We have been patient with you in the past, Ambassador. We ask only that you now be patient with us.
0: We will be patient, because you ask it. But remember your promise that once this evidence was released, you would support any action the Alliance world decided upon. We remember. Good! Because I...
5: Ah, good! I was hoping to run into you here. Idrazi is not happy, and reminds the Council to keep their promise of punishing the people responsible for the attacks on the shipping lanes. Orlando, this is a private... The
3: Centara Republic is a member of the Advisory Council. Is there some reason why we have been excluded from this meeting? So, Ambassador... How was the wife? Not too tired, I hope? Lando. No, it's all right. I'm not offended. I just came by to mention to you all that someone must be terribly inept, whoever it was. Planted a listening device in my
0: quarters this morning. The very idea is laughable. Absurd. Even moronic, wouldn't you say, Ambassador?
5: Jakar is having his prosthetic eye removed, ready for the replacement. Finally, Shakar has two red eyes. As payment for his work with the new eye, the Doctor is allowed to sit in on some of Shakar's talks about his book. Linnea and Findel are ready for the first training mission. As they launch in their ships, they both realise that the atmosphere is only at 15%. It is then they realise that the White Star is leaving. They only have one hour of air left, and the nearest star is three days away. Linnea says they should enter a meditative state to reduce their oxygen consumption. Fidel is obviously nervous about trying, to about trying, but does so. Shikar is preaching to his followers with a doctor in the background.
2: And as a result, we spend too much time trying to be serious. As if that proved that we were more enlightened, better than everyone else. <laughs> but we can't be free until we learn to laugh at ourselves. Once you look in the mirror and see just how foolish we can be, (laughs) laughter is inevitable. And from laughter comes wisdom.
5: The next question... What is truth?
0: And what is God?
5: They all huddle round closer. You don't really
2: want an answer to that question.
0: Yes, I do. Please.
2: If I take a lamp and shine it toward the wall, a bright spot will appear on the wall. The lamp is our search for truth, for understanding. Too often we assume that the light on the wall is God. The more intense the search, the brighter the light on the wall. But the light is not the goal of the search. It is the result of the search. The more intense the search, the brighter the light on the wall. The brighter the light on the wall, the greater the sense of revelation upon seeing it. Similarly, someone who does not search, who does not bring a lantern with him, sees nothing. The light comes from us. What we perceive as God is the byproduct of our search for God. It may simply be an appreciation of the light, pure and unblemished not understanding that it comes from us. Sometimes we stand in front of the light and assume that we are the center of the universe. God looks astonishingly like we do. Or we turn to look at our shadow and assume that all is darkness. The purpose is to use the light. If we allow ourselves to get in the way, we defeat the purpose, which is to use the light of our search to illuminate the wall in all its beauty and in all its flaws and in so doing better understand the world around us
5: But what is truth and what is God? (laughs) Ah,
4: yes, but what is truth and what is God?
2: (sighs) Truth is a river
0: and what is God? God is
2: the mouth of the river.
0: Oh, well,
5: that gave him something to think about.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, God is a river. Uh, the truth is the river and the God is the mouth of the river. Yeah. Hey, that'll do. Oh,
3: wow, you're so insightful. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. They're not even listening. I, uh, gonna... I, I mm.
3: faded out, actually, too. When yes. it was going on. I was like, he's still talking about this light. I'm like, oh,
5: I know. I, know. I think he had some good points. You know, he was genuinely, they sounded like a, something a preacher would use. <laughs> oh yes, but um, nobody was really listening. They wanted to know what is God, who is God, what is God, what is the truth? <laughs> the truth. The truth. There's one truth. You're all going realizes, to die.
3: <laughs> yeah, and he realizes they're not listening. I can say yeah. whatever I want, and they'll just be impressed.
4: They could have planted the fake Jakar head that was in the previous scene We're having the eye pulled out and just put it there and just had it not saying anything and then see how they would have reacted to it. I must admit, that was a pretty good head because it took me
5: Mm. a couple of seconds before I realised because he was making noises, but I thought, hang on, his mouth's not moving. I went, oh no, hang on, he's pulling his eye out. I thought it was just like half a head. And mm. you know, there was like an extra bit where his eye was. And, the, and I thought it was going to be his mouth would start moving or he would twitch. But no,
4: it's, I must admit it was a pretty convincing head. Mm. Yeah, like after a while you realise, oh, Andreas is off camera just going... <laughs> <laughs> into the into the <laughs> microphone. There's a boom mic operator just holding it next to his mouth.
5: <laughs> <laughs> there is actually uh, a goof in this scene, but we'll come back to that in the uh, in the trivia. Meanwhile, Linnea and Findel are still meditating. Only Findel is not as calm as he was. And his air is almost down to nothing. He starts to panic. Just then, the White Star reappears, and they are brought aboard for a debrief. Of course, Linnea's actions were correct and Findel gets a telling off for his actions. Veer confronts the Drazi trader who planted the bug in his goods. Unfortunately, the Drazi tells Veer that he is weak and to go away. He goes back to Malari's quarters with laughter behind him. He grabs a sword and comes back to the Drazi and attacks his market stall and threatens the Drazi. The Drazi soon backs down and Malari, who has been watching in the distance, is impressed. He's impressed with his new choice for the ambassador for Babylon 5. The next mission for Lanier is to find and destroy 10 homing devices that have been seeded into an asteroid field. A little competition is good for the soul. Findel is convinced he is going to fail. They enter the asteroid field to start playing the best game of 3D asteroids I've ever seen. Findel has not collected any of the homing devices. Instead, he has aimed his ship at an asteroid and is flying at it at full speed. He is too ashamed to return home, even though the shame of suicide is just as great. Lanier tries to shoot Findel's engines. He sets the weapons to manual and destroys Findel's engines. He then bumps Findel's ship out of the way of the asteroid. Captain Montoya is livid and asks Linnea for an explanation. He says it was an accident and he misfired at Findel's ship and collided with him by mistake. Montoya gives Linnea a fail and Findel a neutral grade. As a way of punishment, he sends Findel to the to the recruitment center to look the new recruits in the eye and ask if they really want to be an launch shock. The captain knew what Lanier had done as he was listening in on the private channel that Lanier was using to talk directly to Findel. Zach is recounting the tale of Veer and the drowsy in a meal with Stephen, Dylan, and John.
0: <laughs>
5: I'm telling you, you should have seen him.
0: Veer was whacking the hell out of that place.
5: And the drowsy's on the ground, is almost
1: twice his size. And the little guy's got him vibrating so bad, I think he's gonna slide through the molecules of the
5: neck and come out the other side. <laughs> I wish I'd have seen that. John hasn't heard of Veer losing his temper like that before. You know, I've never heard of Veer losing his temper like that before. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the Drazi were scared to hell if Veer's that mad. Who wouldn't be scared? Well, did you arrest him? Oh, yes and no. I pulled him aside and talked to him, but nobody got hurt. Yeah. The Drazi didn't want to press charges because that would be admitting that Veer was mad at him because he bugged Londo's quarters.
3: Yeah, how was
1: Londo? Oh, like a proud father. Watching as Veer took that place apart,
0: <laughs> today he is a man.
5: <laughs> John wishes he could bug the Centauri quarters. You know, I
1: almost wish that Drazi had succeeded in bugging his place. I mean, it's not something we can do. It wouldn't be right. But we could have found out what they're up to, why they're hitting
5: the other worlds.
4: It would have done no good. I still don't think London knows about the
5: attacks on the Lion ships. Yeah, and that worries me. The doctor fears it would be coming from the very top.
1: Somebody back home can pull this off without him knowing about it, being prime minister, then has to come from the very top of the Centauri Royal Palace. And that means trouble. Well, it's going to be more trouble if we don't get the proof we need. Now, the other worlds will wait, but not for long. I think maybe we have a month before they decide to take things into their own hands. Without proof, we're going to have to oppose anything they do.
2: And that will be the end of the Alliance and the start of another war.
1: Well, let's not go borrow trouble. We still have a month to go and we can do a
5: lot in that amount of time. (laughs) I agree. Garibaldi was supposed to be at the meal, but he hasn't turned up. So where is Garibaldi? I haven't seen him all day. I thought he was going to come. I sent him a note. Perhaps he didn't get it. He is back in his quarters, singing the stereotypical drinking tune of show me the way to go home show me the way to go home
0: I'm tired and I want to go to bed I had a little uh, that was a big drink
5: <laughs>
0: about an hour ago and it went
5: right to my head and ordering pizzas
0: computer find the fresh air restaurant
5: fresh air can I help
0: you Yes, yes, you can. This is Michael Garibaldi. Michael, head of the whole friggin' covert intelligence operations of the whole friggin' universe. And I, I would like a pizza. I would like a pizza, and I would like to deliver it to my quarters right now. And on that pizza, I would like some sausage and some pepperoni and mushrooms and the, what do you call those, Uh, sun-dried tomatoes. I want a suicide pizza, and I want it right now.
5: Yes, sir. We'll do our
0: best. i bet you will.
3: Speaking of ordering things, how about this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network? Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for
5: the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean, and Paul, serve you a slice of life.
4: As we discuss literally anything in the universe.
5: Conspiracy theories, movies that we've liked, women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. But what we don't talk about is pizzas.
3: Wednesday, I'm here with you, people.
5: It's wild. Well, I guess that's where Mister Garibaldi would have got his pizza from, then. Hmm. Delicious. Yeah. Cosmic. Great, uh, great guys. Those, those. They know how. They know how to cook things. If you'd listened to the last episode, that was mm-hmm. that. that was recorded, but may not be coming out at the same time as this one. (laughs) This one about food. Go and listen to that one. That's really good. Mm, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do it.
5: Okay, and trivia. So, as I mentioned, Dr. Franklin is holding Jakar's prosthetic eye and the image of the eye is seen on the monitors. So it's a real camera that he's got in his hand. You can see him moving it around Mm -hmm. and it is a proper eye camera. As Franklin moves his arm... And he, as he goes towards Jakarta to put the eye in, the video cable from the eye can be seen sneaking up Franklin's sh- sh- slither, shirt sleeve.
4: Oh no! <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: It's not just that; it's actually hanging down slightly, so you, it's you know away from his arm, so you can see it quite easily. Which is a shame, really, because it <laughs> you know it's it looks pretty good. You know the you know, the mm. effect of having an eye. He's holding the eye and he's moving it around, and he can see him. That was really clever. Took a lot to do, and then they don't hide the um, cable too well. Uh, that's the only triv- trivia we have. That's so, it? Sean, sure, yeah. Wow. So sure. Any Star Trek connections?
3: Ah, uh, there's one. Um, we've got Vince Dedrick Jr., who played the tough guy who tried to hit on Delenn. Um, he was the stunt coordinator and stunt double on 95 ep- episodes of Enterprise. Uh, and in the information he played a crewman on fire and he also played Klingon number three
5: there you go he was a stunt double or stunt coordinator for a lot of things wasn't he i think, it, yeah, I think oh, he yeah. was too much of an actor but yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah good i that's when you say 95 episodes that's crazy because how many episodes of of um enterprise were there I think 100. Mm. Yeah. So he was. Or 99. Do do, do, do you mean that Mr. Bakula was uh, required a stunt double in every single episode he did? I suppose (laughs) he he was constantly getting kidnapped. So you need somebody to. Shot,
3: kidnapped,
5: punched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, ratings. Um, We rate things out of 5, because it's Babylon 5, and IMDB rate things out of 10. They have given this a 7.4, which equates to uh, 3.7, which is similar to last week's episode. Last last week, they
3: gave it a uh, a 7.5, and this week is a 7.4.
5: Yeah, it's gone Mm. down.
3: However, I think this episode is better than last week's episode, Mm. but... only slightly <laughs> <laughs> last week i gave uh, the episode a, a 2.75 this one is going to get a 2.85 and, and only because uh jakar and uh, veer in it and uh, drunk mike at the end that that's that's about it it's it's another filler episode um Do we care about Lanier and Findel and and the drama? No, not really. Uh, We'd forgotten all about the attacks on the shipping lanes because they haven't really been talking about it on the show themselves, so we don't care. Um, Yeah, no.
4: Don't care.
5: (laughs) I see. Dan, did you care?
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I really didn't. I I just couldn't get invested in it. It, it like like you said, Paul, it, it felt like it was a season one script that they sort of just jazzed up a bit. You know, they mentioned the the White Stars, which obviously they wouldn't have had back then. Uh, So they had like a human captain. So he was a little bit more nice to these trainees and a bit more understanding of his situation. So these are nice, cutesy scenes, but it just felt like the producers are trying to make a spin-off so that they can make more money, just like they were doing last week, see if we can make a spin-off out of the cycle. Um, So I wasn't invested there. Jakar's scenes... I enjoyed them. I really liked it. I liked yeah. the fact that they weren't listening to him, that he had this amazing, grandiose uh, plot and his his whole idea of about truth and lights on walls, but they weren't listening. So he just said, nah, it's a river. Let's just go with that. It sounds better. Um, the whole prosthetic head and putting the new eye in, I thought that was going to come back. I thought when uh, John was sort of saying, well, you know, I wish I could bug him. Hang on a minute. Jakar's got an eye. That's never set off their bugging sensors. Maybe we could do something with this. At least have that as like the one thing. In the same way that how the the normal got killed at the end of the episode last week and that kind of brought out a nice ooh kind of moment. Um, this could have been the ooh moment as well when they realised, hang on a minute, Shakar's eyes could be really useful. Um, just something like that, just to make it more worthwhile. It at least had that via scene, the, the whole thing. I was hoping they were going to drag that out. I thought as soon as he left, we saw him going up to the corridor, get into a lift, <coughs> people are seeing him, then he gets out the lift, goes into the quarters, grabs the sword, and then we just see Londo following back through the exact same route again. It might have dragged it out too long, it probably would have been too long, but I think it would have made it all the more funnier, just when he finally just goes nuts and starts tearing into this shop store assistant. But yeah, it's not going to be. It's marginally better than last week because we've got the Babylon Five family. So just like Sean, I'm going a point higher. It's two point nine. Last week was two point eight. I'm going two point nine this week. So yeah, I
5: I uh, last week I sort of just checked uh, my average score to see what it was, so that when I gave my score, I wanted to make sure it was going to be under the average score. Hmm. And my average score is 3.7, so I thought, well, yeah, okay, that's that's quite an easy one to get under. So I I've got my score ready here, and I put it in. All three of us have lost 0. 0.1 of an average score because of these last two episodes. <laughs> wow. It's lowered our overall score of, of our Babylon 5 rating. Me and Sean are at 3.6 and Dan's at 3.4. Previously, wow. we were both at 3.7 and a 3.5. So that's it. So these two episodes alone have dragged our score down. For the entire series, or just the, the entire season? series? Wow! Wow! Season five is really kicking it to pieces. It, it is. There's a lot of low scores here. The only, you know, we've had, you know, all three of us have had an episode uh, that went into our bottom ten. We have all had an episode that was rated very high. Obviously, Sean and 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 Dan uh, giving Day of the Dead one of the better ones, but these two have really dragged them down. So yeah, I'm. I again, I'm, I'm with you both. The uh, anything with Shakar and Veer, um, Malari was all good. Even uh, a little comical with the boxes. Um, I loved Veer attacking the, <laughs> the drowsy with the sword. That was amazing. Um, the um, the the training for the Anlan shock, I thought was would have been better. As as Dan, you pointed out, it, it, it's better if it was an early season episode. It feels as though this is too late for this sort of thing. Um it, it just and I'm drunk again, Uncle Mike, at the end of the show. <laughs> I, to say, yeah. I mean besides the fact that um uh oh I forgot his name. Jerry Doyle. Jerry Doyle did have a drink problem, so he would know how to act drunk. You don't sing show me the way to go home. That's just that's just poor. It's <laughs> so poor. Um, uh, yeah, order food, but you know, it wasn't really. You know, it was, it was, I don't know. It's just not a scene I liked, I and mean, it's not. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere at the moment. You know, nobody seems to have noticed that he's. You know disappeared, and he's drunk. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm giving this a three point two five. Um, it was just. What was your score again, Dan? I've I've not written it down. Uh, two
4: point nine.
5: So yeah, it was, so it was slightly higher. I thought it was it was worth a little bit more than, than last week's episode because of the you know the veer and and the uh, the the good bits with with um, Shikar and the and his preaching etc. So um so yeah, three point two five. That's that's where I'm going with that one.
3: Good. What are we doing next week?
5: Well, next week. Um, funny enough, we'll be talking about an episode of Babylon Five. Wow. So why doesn't everybody join us? For next week, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 15, Darkness Ascending. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to Epsilon 3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for The Epsilon 3. Well,
3: if you have any other problems...
0: Any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tea Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com.